Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cricolectuals. This is Rufan along with Jay. Jay, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just uh, been dying to kind of talk about PSL and stuff. How have you been? I'm good, man. Uh, weather's finally starting to change to summer, spring days. We're getting 70 degree weather each day and at the same time having some PSL withdrawals. You know, as yeah. you know, we don't get to watch the entire match because it comes on during work hours. <clears throat> but it was exciting times and every time you got distracted or got a break, you were checking scores or putting highlights on or going on TikTok to see what's going on. And, and I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely having some withdrawal symptoms and missing that. Same here, man. The, the games that happen during the week obviously are definitely harder to keep up with, but the weekend games were, were not not as hard to watch and uh, keep up with. So, you know, luckily the final was on a Sunday. Uh, I got to watch that game fully, and great game it was. And during the week, you know, there were just some thrilling outcomes happening between Lahore and Islamabad United game, for example. That was fun. Islamabad United and Peshawar Zalmi game, that was fun. So, yeah, keeping up, uh, the tournament got pretty exciting as, as we got along, and that's what we want to talk about today, right? Mostly, yeah, PSL, and let's see what it leads to. We'll add a couple more items, but uh, first and foremost, we got to talk about the final, man. We talk about Lahore Kalanders finally getting the title in. Uh, how was your experience watching that, and uh, were you surprised how well Lahore played and uh, completely dismantled Multan Sultans? Yeah, the final looked like it was pretty one-sided, and uh, you know, my predictions have mostly been wrong on PSL. But in this particular case, I had predicted that Lahore, being the only team that had beaten Multan Sultans, will beat them again. And I felt that, given the momentum that they were bringing in, they just looked like a, a more sort of a passionate side. And Multan Sultan always looked like more of a technical kind of side that the the kind of side that Pakistan international team has or the national team has recently been under Babur's captaincy they've been very clinical and methodical around how they you know chase scores and how they set big totals and and sometimes not too big totals but just the right amount and Multan Sultan's as a team were operating like that you know they they were doing what needed to be done to always win they always usually outplanned other teams and uh, performed very consistently so I do think they were a better team and uh, I would have been very happy if they won as well uh, it, it it was well deserved after all they they only lost in the whole tournament playing 12 games they lost only two and both of those two Lahore Kalanders so yeah. that speaks volumes to their abilities and and the captaincy of Rizwan and just the combination that Multan Sultan's landed on and on the other side on Lahore side I just felt like because of the win that they had with Islamabad United in the final eliminator and the way in which they entered the final it, it, they were looking like they were going to be unstoppable just the momentum the and they have a lot the players who really just uh you know get really passionate about about the game you know people like Harshrow Shane Sharfridi for them it looks like their emotions get pretty strong strongly involved in the game and most of the times that can be detrimental to their performance but in certain big games that emotional kick that you get is you know often the difference between a winning and a losing side so i think that's where they kind of they brought the right energy on that day and uh, they went for it yeah so we often compare lahore's team to our national pakistan team and i think they 
definitely fought in the same manner. And previously, when Pakistan was losing uh, internationally, <laughs> so was Lahore in previous PSL seasons. <laughs> and I agree with you. I I sort of saw that coming. Lahore was the only team that beat Multan, and you know, in the first uh, qualifier. They lost again, and the competition was set, man. These are the teams that earned their ranks in the final, sure. obviously. They were ranked number one and two throughout the tournament. And the only team that had beaten Multan Sultan was Lahore Kalanders. And also, the only team Karachi had beaten was Lahore Kalanders. So it's very like Pakistan type of performance <laughs> where yeah. they're very unpredictable. Anything can happen. And the stage was set. They had faced each other three times in the tournament and Lahore before the final had lost two to Multan Sultans. So they even the head to head count and had the momentum, like you said, in their side. And when they came into final, I think Multan Sultans players knew they were going to face some challenging bowling and batting. And uh, what a performance from David Wiesa. Both uh, matches last over, he scored 28 runs. And I think that was what changed their eliminator two against Islamabad. And uh, that extra score at the end was definitely the factor where the score went from where it should have been in the final. And uh, he made a huge difference in my opinion. And of course, Hafiz, what an all-round performance from him. I think he took two wickets and a 60-something score. It was it was awesome performance. So it definitely was Lahore's match to win. And they definitely showed it and took it from there. And Congratulations to the 21-year-old first-time captain, Shaheen Shah Afridi, man. Everybody's <laughs> Where talking about Where does he go from him. here? Obviously, some people are silly enough to say he should be the captain of Pakistan <laughs> of cricket course. team. <laughs> the casuals, the casual the, fans. The, the casual fans, the temporary high we talked about. But uh, I definitely see a good pipeline. You know, we always saw talent, whether it's batting or bowling, uh, but never saw a pipeline of such good captains. And I think that's what local leagues do to a team. You know, uh, we got obviously Rizwan. Uh, Babar Azam is already the captain. Then you got uh, Shaheen Shafridi, who's at the right age at the right moment, man. So maybe five, six years from now on, he could be vice captain or maybe earlier. You never know. But we definitely have some talent and he's got the experience down. While well, you got... You know, the others, Wahab Riaz, you know, he's uh, at the edge of retirement. So is uh, uh, Sarfaraz. So we need some uh, heads there that can run a team and have had experience under their belts. So it, that's uh, definitely good to see. I think that's a good point because, you know, I like to think about it in terms of the creation and formation of and development of new stars as opposed to new captains. I think it's too early to for people to suggest that, you know, because X person captained this yeah. small league team that all of a sudden they should captain a national team because they were successful. You know, we, we've been getting that f about Rizwan for a while, and now we're getting it about Shaheen. And... I kind of think it, it can lead to a negative outcome for the team because in, in some ways, like, you don't want to spread these kinds of things so much that it gets in the heads of players, you know. Then they do have to all play together under one person's leadership. And in Pakistan team, unfortunately, we've had things in the past where this sort of thing has happened where multiple people have felt they should be the captain. And then there's, you know, 
Firkawayet. <laughs> they got they yeah. got plans and things going on and unfortunately that's not healthy yeah yeah so the, this bunch doesn't look like they're at that stage where their egos are that big uh, I don't see Rizwan ever getting to that stage uh, but you know when you have so many people saying so many other people should be captain that just put puts a lot of pressure on the actual captain of the national side who's also young who's also only been a captain for what two years a year and a half and uh, it's just not a healthy thing to be putting out there so i just hope that we stop with it now that the psl is over and uh, let's not you know say too much of that but what we should be saying i think is that look how many stars are born um and and or have proven themselves you know it's really nice to have that. Now, in Pakistan, we have so many stars. We got Babar Azam, we got Shaheen Sharfidi, we got Muhammad Rizwan, we have Haris Rauf. I mean, the list of stars, of big-time stars. We haven't had this kind of thing since, you know, the I guess one of those Afridi teams we had, or even when we had Yunus Khan, uh, we had Yunus, Yusuf, you know. Uh, we had so many big-name stars um and and i think we're finally getting to that finally we have a team where there's some consistent names names that are always there names that don't just show up for a series and then are forgotten but names that are consistently there and are consistently performing and are becoming household names so i think that's good for the team and especially going into the t20 world cup coming up again at the end of the year if we go in with a similar team with most of the players being the same big name players that's a good sign for pakistan yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think especially our youngsters, when they assign them to run, a, let's say, a tournament and they assign them a team, they make them captains, they need to start thinking about these as small little projects yes. and build your resume up. So kind of like directors, you know, Steven Spielberg, you know, he made E.T., now he's not trying to top that movie. He moved on to another subject matter and he did it just as good. So consistency matters. Yep but it doesn't have to be as good. If we can rewire their brains to know, yes, you did good, that was one project, you, you got the box checked, move on. There are other projects, you may not exactly. be in the same capacity, <clears throat> but performance is necessary, but it's a totally different subject matter. This is what you do, and I think Barber is in that sort of space, I hope, what I've seen in the past, where when he did lose a series, he moved on. You know, you yep. start with a clean slate. You just do what you do best and keep on moving up and collecting these coins and move forward. That's right. What we do is we just want to be at that elite status from beginning to the end. And that's not very healthy. And, and I think that's what happened with Sarfaraz. You know, he did well. I constantly find him trying to prove himself as a captain but if you look at his history under 19 world cup the only time we won that was under his captaincy we won the champions league right champions trophy yep. that's job well done i mean if yep. you look at dhoni he's got so many titles under him and then he played under virat kohli's captaincy for five six years and i think that's the type of mind frame we gotta be in <clears throat> shaheen is only 21 years old i hope he really just puts that behind him and just moves forward yeah. and focuses where he's good at, and that's bowling. Yeah, totally agree. I think similar way kind of thinking kind of happens when we, uh, not we, you and I, but a, a lot of times in just mainstream social media, especially 
we hear comparisons between certain players, right? Like Virat Kohli and Babaraz. I'm like, it's too early to even compare to say things like that. And I think, you know, because it's a spicy topic, a lot of people get into the conversation. But I think we, it's better to be more cautious about making such comparisons, whether it's between Pakistani players or, um, you know, players across the border. Because they're just, we should just be patient and, and let people build their resume and and prove themselves for a while and not get overexcited by just one performance. Um, that seems to be a trend in a lot of our cricket fandom. We, you know, we get one performance and everybody just hops on the bandwagon and just, you know, goes a little a little too far into to that and, and starts feeling that a little too much. And then we're yeah. disappointed later because that person, you know, under pressure was taken to the next level and then they didn't perform there. So it's better to not have that many expectations and just wait and let people perform at different levels in various different projects, like you said, and, and see what happens from there. Having said that, that now that the PSL is all over, what are some of your big takeaways about the success of PSL? What are some things that went well for you of this PSL and what are some things that PSL should improve, um, whether it's PSL management or just like how teams perform in PSL? I think overall it was very successful. If I compare these to the previous uh, PSL events we had, we had multiple countries broadcasting PSL finally. It's considered the second biggest league in the world. And if you do the comparison with the other one, which is IPL, I think it's the biggest league in the world for as far as the success is concerned and how much budget we had to work around with. Uh, for example, I think PSL altogether is worth 330 something million dollars. Mm. And uh, IPL, their one team is $1.5 billion. And that's wow. a huge difference. That's just one team. So uh, against the whole PSL. So that's the most successful part of the whole tournament I'm, I'm glad that we're finally known the whole tournament happened in pakistan that's another factor i think we did half of it in dubai and just the playoffs and finals in in lahore or karachi in the past yeah uh, second thing i want to mention is how much we've got in our pipeline now. not just bowling unit it's a lot of batsmen which we usually don't see and there were a number of new emerging players that i haven't seen or heard about that I saw are, are promising, whether test cricket, T20, or ODI. And uh, lastly, how everybody is so friendly with each other. Even when they show one-off situation, as you saw Shaheen, right? He threw the ball back at uh, Rizwan to get him you know, out a couple of times, and Rizwan sort of threw him a ear hug. It happened again in the final, and Rizwan smiled, and they all <laughs> hug it out at the end. And that type of you know, bond and friendship I haven't seen in Pakistan cricket. So there's something that's been taught and going around. The dressing room environment is extremely good and healthy, which is great. Problems, I would uh, go back to Karachi and their crowd issues because the dynamics when PSL moved to Lahore completely changed, man. It became so much more energetic totally, and exciting. Man. And it really felt like cricket is finally back home. And it was it was awesome to see the crowd roar each yeah. time back up their teams. And uh, the celebration we saw after Lahore Kalandars won in Lahore, that's something you see after Soccer World Cup, uh, quite honestly. You know, when, when we come out right. here in Times Square and celebrate that type of environment I saw. I don't think I've ever seen that in Pakistan in my life. I think that was the first time I saw 
like celebrations at that level on yeah i think it was just a withdrawal of not having cricket in uh-huh. pakistan and i think these younger generation they're not as big cricket fanatics as we were because that's all we had now they yeah. have all these channels we were just uh, running on ptv all all the time right yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have exposure to other sports every now and then we would hear about michael jordan or whatever but we didn't really watch him play right mm-hmm. and uh so this was completely new to the newer generation that type of fun and excitement it's sort of like what bangladesh went through when their cricket team beat pakistan right that was the first world renowned sports team that they had to celebrate and the emotions get the better of you at that time because it's something you've never felt right you yeah. always celebrated other countries that you backed up and uh the last thing i would mention get all the cities involved you mentioned that we're going to add couple more teams let's take psl around pakistan every city every state and get crowd all riled up and excited and let's do this all over pakistan that sounds great and i uh, heard ramiz raja make that announcement informally in one of the interviews that he had just recently given and he did say that they want to try to bring some games down to to other franchise homes as well and there was also definitely talk about adding a couple more teams that all just depends on profits that were generated from this PSL and that seems to be a topic of kind of confusion right now uh Ramiz made some statements about them making profits before the first ball was even bowled in the final that so that sound you know it was a full house it was a sold out stadium for the final so sounds like that's a good thing but we don't know the details yet at the same time a couple of the franchise owners they gave statements that we actually still don't have our finances settled from PSL 6 so i don't know what ramiz raj is talking about for PSL 7's profits yet so maybe another premature statement from ramiz but he must know something to have said it i don't think he just makes things up obviously yeah um, yeah so hopefully it'll all be settled i i do hope ramiz is is right about the profits that are made and i do hope the franchise owners get that money and finances settled because that's very important they need to make the money to feel like they can invest more and we we won't get more franchises if the existing franchises don't feel like their finances are taken care of so hopefully the success leads and translates into financial success for all the franchises as well because that's just healthy for the team yeah more teams more stadiums more cities what other cities do you think do you recommend should be part of PSL i think multan and quetta um should be good right i, I think uh, i'm talking about the new teams oh, what new, new cities teams. yeah well <laughs> Fa- faslabad is one that has and faslabad has a tapal cricket league scene they have uh, lots of people coming out of there and they produce some good good talent there so that'll be that'll be cool and sialkot is another one um you know we've had some pretty good players from sialkot um and you know i i, I would think at least those two uh should have their teams and i'm sure if you just focus on uh greater sindh because right now we have karachi kings but if you look at you know outside of Karachi Greater Sindh area um I don't know if there's a team there that can be made out if there's enough talent out there but I think if it would be good for Pakistan and for Sindh to have another team yeah. 
You know, the way the teams are set up, it's not like you have all Karachi players playing yeah, for yeah, Karachi. Yeah, of course. It's definitely important to get the right players from the right region where the interest is. But at the same time, I think we do have to, people do take sides. That's what makes it exciting, right? So you, you want to back up your local team or whatever. So I think maybe go with other provinces instead of Punjab this time, just to make it more even. I know Faisalabad is a big city big fan base is going to generate a lot of revenues but just for the sake of argument maybe what other cities in send there there's a few you know we can talk about hyderabad is one it has a big population too uh what about kashmir's team man that's going to be a political nightmare for our neighbors but uh, i think we need to generate some interest in Kashmir region and have them back up a team and get excited about something, you know? I, I think that Kashmiri is really great. I just, you know, again, the, there's a financial side to this and that's the harder part. I think if it was just as simple as putting teams together in regions, then it would easily work out. But, you know, given that Kashmir has its own league right now. They're probably trying to promote that league. And I know Shahid Afridi was there trying to promote that league. A lot of big players were there. Shreya Bakhtar was there trying to promote that league. A lot of our national team players went there to promote that league. So that league is trying to be its own thing and to generate its own revenue for Kashmir. So I think that that's harder to do. But I hope that they can create a team that can be a part of PSL as well. Didn't Zaman Khan... Uh, come from there uh, uh, yeah you may be right yeah, yeah i think zaman sure. khan was uh, in the kashmir premier league uh, he's from there and the the nicer part is also about just like some of the players that came up for me one of the positives of this psl was like you were saying like so many players in the pipeline while i was watching some of the games and here's some of the names i'm just going to throw them out we don't have to talk about them just some names for us to kind of remember uh, Go for it. You know, we got Qasim Makram. He was he played for the Kings. We have Zaman Khan for Kalanders. We had Zishan Zamir from Islamabad United. And Waqas Maksud from Islamabad United. Haris from Zalmi. I think it was Muhammad Haris's full name. Yes. Then we had yeah. Muhammad Umar. And um, Muhammad Haris was, by the way, he was a wicketkeeper, I believe. Then we had Muhammad Umar and Salman Irshad, who was also the Zalmi bowler. So those are some names that I wrote down that had really good performances in at least one of the games where their names popped up. I didn't know any of these players, so that was cool to see. Yeah, Mohamed Haris for me was definitely had the you know right mind frame and very calm and collected. He's the batter, he had, right? He's the batter, man. It was he was pretty good. So he, he definitely impressed me the way he talked. His story that he he talked about, he was uh, left behind in five different tryouts Mm. and he finally made it and, you know, won a couple of trophies here and there locally. And uh, he was a very, like, experienced player. I mean, T20, anything can happen. You have pressure. But I think he would be a better fit in the ODI environment because his shots were ground shots. And he was playing some book cricket. So that's definitely one of the names that you mentioned that may outshines the other. Yeah, and this and Salman Rashad, the bowler, was also impressive. I think in the last couple of games, with the, that last game against Islamabad United that Zalmi had, he was throwing some of those in-swinging Yorkers, and and I was 
that was really impressive because that Schumacher style. Did you see yeah. the one that went <laughs> right between somebody's legs yeah. and he got got him bold? It was pretty impressive. I just felt like I don't know. It reminded me of Gar Yunus too. I was like this this kind of in swinging bowling I I hadn't seen in a long time since Schumacher actually. But uh, so that was really nice to see. And um, overall, the PCB collaborated really well with the franchises. And everything went really well, especially around COVID protocols, man. I was one of, one of the things I was worried about is how they're gonna be able to manage, you know, the whole bubble thing. And uh, from what we're hearing from uh, the Big Bash League from Australia, you know, once all the players got there, they had this big surge of COVID. I remember like a lot of players you know, were constantly being shuffled in and out of teams uh, right at the beginning. And we had a couple of those moments at the beginning too. There was there were some disruptions, but really they didn't disrupt the actual tournament. So it was nice that it was planned in a way, in a thoughtful enough way, that there were enough players available. And when changes need to be made, they were made very quickly, and the tournament went on without much trouble. I think it was Salman, but explaining how the setup was done for for these teams. I think all teams had eight to eleven reserves, so if the whole team had to be taken out, whether for injuries or COVID, they had enough people in the reserves to replace the entire team. So that's something that's never been thought of before. So that's something that should be implemented across all formats as long as COVID is around, just to make sure the competition goes on, it's consistent, and there's no breaks in between. So that was another. Good thing we should have mentioned about PSL when it started, but mm-hmm. uh, I just heard Salman but explained that to someone in one of the shows, and I thought that was very impressive. Just to wrap things up, we've had uh, quite an interesting conversation today. A Pakistan Australia series. Uh, you have your initial thoughts right now. I'm sure we'll talk more about the series as the series proceeds. But it started on the fourth. On Friday is the first game in Rawalpindi, um, and Pakistan has taken a hit already. We've lost players. Hassan Ali is injured. And now we have Harsh Rove with COVID. Uh, so that, that kind of hurts our bowling especially, right? Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, these are definitely valuable players, but we do have enough in the pipeline, especially in the test squad. So I'm not too worried. But uh, as far as head-to-head uh, competition is concerned, I think Australia just demolishes Pakistan. I don't know how many matches they played. I think our win ratio against them is like 25% or something. I think you did a video what the exact stats, which I don't have in front of me. But uh, to be honest, I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I give this uh, 50-50 Australia or Pakistan. But uh, you know how Australia plays. They they just go out and they do their thing in increments of what they need to do. And they don't look at the overall result. And they do good session, one session after another. And they're strategically very strong, always been. But uh, home turf advantage is uh, for Pakistan, but I'm still a little bit anxious. So hopefully it goes well. But if we tie the test series, I think that's a good result. And the better uh, result out of the whole tournament is that Australia finally set foot in Pakistan. So that's the bigger news. <laughs> that's a big win. So yeah, you talked about the stats uh, and I was just pulling them up again. So we have uh, 66 test matches played between the two countries and uh, 15 were won by Pakistan, 33 by Australia, and 18 uh, of the matches were drawn. So 
Pakistan, yeah, very low win win loss ratio there for Pakistan, unfortunately. And uh, my initial thought was Pakistan was gonna win the first game because of you know the surprise factor. Been a long time. Australia hasn't been around. Pakistan's played there a lot more. Obviously, home 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 ground advantage and players are players don't have to acclimatize. You know the whole bubble thing. You know they've already been playing for a while, so um, it's unlike Australia who've kind of taken a break and and kind of coming together and traveling and all of that. And they haven't faced some of the Pakistani test side before. So yeah. a lot of it is very new to them. So, But there's some factors that are definitely going against Pakistan, at least in the first match. Now that we've lost the three players we mentioned before and the replacements are going to be Mohamed Usim Jr. and Nassim Shah. Um, they're going to be coming into the squad. And yeah, I think it's a different kind of a team and Babar Azam mental state, we talked about that earlier. Also not sure if he's after that Karachi season he just had. We don't know where he's going to be at. But hopefully, like you said before, he's able to transition out of that and switch gears into this test game. And, uh, you know, the team is preparing. Uh, but what I appreciate about Australia is that they seem to be showing a lot of respect to Pakistan right now. Their players are talking like they have a lot of respect for the Pakistani players. And um, the way some of them have been preparing for Pakistan, they've been very vocal about how they've been preparing for Pakistan. So it sounds like each one of them, each player individually has done their homework to play better against Pakistan when they arrive here. Um, you know, with uh, Lebushain's made-up pitch, we saw Instagram yeah, videos that of that. was very interesting. I mean, there's a couple of players who are doing things like that from the Australian squad. So that tells me that they they have a lot of respect for Pakistan. They, they're taking it very seriously. They don't think that's going to be an easy series for them. And I don't think it is. And, um, yeah, right now I think the Pakistan chips are down, uh, given these recent developments with the players excluded and new new additions. So now I think Australia is looking stronger to me. But let's see what happens. Yeah, man, best of luck. And I think that's all we have, Jay, for today. That's right, and we'll talk more again uh, next week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us uh, in this episode. And see you next time. Jay and Rafan signing out. Peace. Peace.